Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money of M89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang with you. It's time now for the bigger picture. Ryan, we're putting China in focus. And it's a case of optimism mm. over reopening versus the search for meaningful rebound. You've been following uh, some of the reports with regard to the reopening, uh, easing of measures. What's the latest you're hearing? Yeah, Elliot, the headlines come in fast and furious around what China is doing on the reopening front. And based on the latest reports, bear in mind these are reports not official yet, China and Hong Kong will start quarantine-free travel as soon as January. So that will really open the floodgates out for tourism and mm. you can imagine more activities. And it's all part of the efforts by China to unwind some of their rather strict COVID-19 zero policies and measures. So that has also, on the flip side, the potential to raise the number of cases for COVID-19. Yeah. And as we've seen in the headlines as well, a lot of strain on hospital infrastructure and a lot of confusion on the ground still. So that is overwhelming hospitals and is appearing to see investors take some profit off tables as they get some jitters. So let's unpack that with Sean Taylor. He is the CIO for APAC and head of emerging market equities for DWS. Morning, Sean. Hey, good morning, Ron. Hey, Sean. Glad to have you on. Now, you've been tracking this very closely. Walk us through what has been your observations around the latest moves by China to reopen the economy and what that will have in terms of impact on its growth projections um, in the coming months and next year? Well, our base case is still that the, um, the economy sort of really opens up and the zero COVID policy goes in the second quarter next year. But what we've had recently is a lot of um, help, a lot of help to get there. And so recently we had, on Wednesday, last Wednesday, we had um, 10 new measures mm. helping to further optimise the COVID response. Um, we've been hearing rumours this morning, obviously, that Hong Kong and China might be opening up the borders um, quicker. It's all good news. It's all building confidence. But it will take time to get into the numbers. Um, so we've come a long way in the last four weeks, um, but we do believe we're at the beginning of this roadmap to opening up. They still have to focus more on the vaccination rates, um, on the hospitalisation, because it's still a medical issue, a healthcare issue, but it's very, very good news. And I think, probably not this month, but as we get towards just the end of you know January, let's see what happens in Chinese New Year, whether people can mm. travel more going into Chinese New Year. I think that's going to be really important for economic activity. Yeah, Sean, we've really seen the Chinese markets get better in the past year. Walk us through how you've approached China in the past year and how you're starting to perhaps change and what you're looking out for in terms of metrics to move back into China in a bigger fashion. Yeah, so you know, China's really underperformed. We've got to really go back to February 2021. There was a number of reasons for that. One was the, the tightening um, of monetary policy. The second was the regulation, particularly on the internet stocks. Um, and, and the third was the sort of geopolitical tension um, with, with the US. Um, and we got to a really low point in, in sort of October. And, you know, I think a lot of us thought that after the CPC conference, that the political sort of atmosphere would, would, would die down and the market would, would, would start to rise. But it was actually quite a big fall. But since then, the market has, has bottomed, we believe. And we're now more constructive tactically, really based on COVID zero. There's still some medium term issues in China um, in terms of housing and common prosperity. But at the moment, we are positive on the market. 
because of reopening. Um, and this is a big change for us. And actually, we went overweight EM at the same time. Mm. We had a tactical overweight in October and said, you should buy EM as well. Yeah, Sean, talking about optimism, there is a policy meeting this Thursday where they'll be looking at what priorities they should be looking at for the coming year. And among them apparently is property and we've seen a property rescue package. How optimistic are you around the property sector right now in China? So in the short term, we are optimistic because the two issues in property have basically been liquidity, the ability of companies to, to finance themselves and to get these a lot of projects that had been stalled finished. And the second part is, is demand. Now, liquidity has been dealt with quite well, certainly short term. It's not going to benefit everyone, so you've got to be selective, but there is more liquidity. On the demand side, it's a little bit more complicated because we think the long-term demand for property you know, used to be at sort of peaked at 14 million, probably comes down to 10 million, maybe you know, settles at between 10 and 12 million. But we do think that in the shorter term, the moment that COVID zero is over and the economy starts to open up, there is pent-up demand, particularly on the residential side, mm. for um, people to buy back. I mean, who's going to buy? If you're in lockdown, who's going to buy a property? Mm. Yeah, just doesn't make sense. You don't know whether you can really actually get it get it sold. You can't sort of build it up. You might get into lockdown during it. No one's confident. They don't know. They're not sure about their employment um, status. So you know, there's a lot of lack of confidence, a lot of hesitation. But the moment that's lifted, I think there's a pent-up demand. But long term, the sector we believe will not go, grow as quickly as it has in the past. And that, that remains a, a long term structural issue. Yeah, you really need that consumer confidence and demand to start coming back to help support the Chinese economy to some extent. And talking about what is supporting markets in the emerging side of things for Asia, walk us through the bright spots. Uh, in the past year, we've seen the US dollar, the stronger US dollar, becoming a headwind. Where does um, that go from here? Yeah, I mean, I think next year, um, you know, the, the, the sort of three main headwinds through emerging markets, rates going up from the US, um, which obviously affects emerging market rates, the stronger dollar, um, and then, you know, earnings being pretty pretty weak, um, will, 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 will turn into be neutral. And that might even be a tailwind if they start to come down. Um, but we will have a, still a weak economy. So, you know, the, the export growth in emerging markets is still forecast to come down. So we need that to trot probably halfway mm. through the year. And, and China will help with that. Um, but, you know, we, we have got, you know, when you look at the emerging market growth areas, I mean, China is the outstanding one because you know, even though we've got emerging, emerging market um, Asian growth going from 4.4 to 4.9 next year, um, ASEAN's actually coming down from 5.6 to 4.9, but China's going up from 3 to 5. India's still going to grow at 6, but down from 7. And, you know, Korea, Indonesia, Philippines, Thailand. Thailand probably the one that, that grows a little bit more than it does this year, but everything else is going to grow a little less. Um, and, you know, so that, that, is, that is still an issue, but emerging markets have got to a stage where it has got incredibly cheap, um, the fall in the, the North Asian markets in, in, in September and October, and we thought was a good a, entry point in. Um, so it's not out of the woods, but it's cheap, and we, we do think we're more constructive. And then going into the second half of next year, Ryan, we do think that we'll see earnings growth come down in the US and companies, and we'll see earnings growth in EM pick up, particularly if we're right on the progression of growth in China. And that will be very supportive for EM. And, you know, EM is actually, if you look at the chart versus the S&P, actually, if you look at most markets against the S&P, they've underperformed for 10 years. So the case for international in the second half of 2023 is, 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 getting, is gaining um, some credibility.
All right, returning Sean Taylor. He is the CIO for APAC and head of emerging market equities for DWS. Sean, great having you on the show and sharing your insights. We'll catch up again with you soon. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.